everybody. Thank you so much for watching this week's edition of Talking Sports with Evan. Uh, wish I was talking about a Packer victory over the New York football Giants, but unfortunately, the, uh, the Giants had other plans as they beat the Green Bay Packers. Uh, 27-22 in uh, London. Not a good uh, start to the Packers playing in London for the first time. Um, it was an uh, unfortunate game, and we'll see what happens, uh, I guess, this week when the Packers take on the Jets. But in this show, I am going to recap that Packers game, give my thoughts on currently where the Packers are right now in the 2022 season, currently sitting at 3-2. and two. Um games against the Jets and the Commanders coming up before they take on the before they take on the uh Buffalo Bills so I'm going to give my thoughts on the Jets and uh give my preview to that game as well and the Badgers they pretty easily handled Northwestern in the first game of the Jim Leonard tenure and I'm going to give my thoughts on that uh that matchup that game as well and Kind of give my thoughts on the Badgers uh, head coaching prospects and who I feel should get the job. And if you're watching the show right now live, feel free to put in the comments who you feel the Badgers should hire to be their next head coach. Should they give it to Jim Leonard or should they bring somebody else in and try to pursue a, another avenue such as a Dave Aranda or Lance Leipold? Um, love to get your thoughts on that and get your thoughts on the Packer loss to the Giants. So I'm going to start with the Badgers because I I have a um have a lot to talk about regarding the I have a lot to talk about regarding the Packers and the Giants. So I'm going to st- start with Wisconsin and their win versus Northwestern and I'm going to premise my my thought here that it was Northwestern. Northwestern not very good this year. Um not a good football team, and the Badgers did exactly what we wanted them to do. Go in and just completely bolt race somebody. They've been bolt raced by uh, a couple times this season already. The Badgers have, so it's time to uh, to win a game here with the Badgers. And they did. They beat Northwestern 42-7. to Offensively, scored 21 in the second quarter, 14 in the fourth. And a few things that stand out to me, and again, I premise that This is Northwestern, but you got to consider how they, how they looked coming into this game. They haven't been that impressive, but they looked impressive this week. Graham Merck, 20 of 29, 299 yards and five touchdown passes. He looked a lot more comfortable in what Bobby Ingram was doing as the offensive coordinator. And Wisconsin was running various offensive sets. You had typical shotgun. You had eye formation. You had pistol formation. You had wildcat. They were doing a lot of different things on offense that kept Northwestern's defense on their heels. They couldn't just stack the box and focus on shutting down Braylon Allen. They had to respect the Badgers attacking the edges. They had to expect. Uh, they had to respect the Graham Mertz putting it the ball in the air and. Wide receiver uh, uh, DK, 10 catches, 185 yards, and three touchdowns. I don't understand why last year and thus far this season, I don't understand why they did not feature him in the offense more often. 
He's shown that he can be a difference maker on the field. He is fast. He is athletic. He is quick. And he made uh, Northwestern pay repeatedly in this game with his offensive performance. If this is what we see moving forward, I know the Badgers have a tougher test this Saturday against Michigan State. I know Michigan State's not as good as they were last year, and they're they're struggling a little bit. But if Wisconsin can carry over what they did against Northwestern into the Michigan State game, I think the Badgers have a great opportunity to really turn things around this season because after Michigan State, they have Purdue on October 22nd following a bye week. Thanks to Ed uh, for looking that up for me. I didn't think they had one, but they do. They have a bye week Halloween. They come out at home against Maryland, which is going to be a tough matchup. On the road against Iowa, which Iowa's offense looks absolutely atrocious, travel to Nebraska and then host Minnesota. So if Wisconsin can run the table, they still have the chance to win the Big Ten West. And I know we don't want to necessarily see them play Ohio State again, but if they can get on that roll by beating Michigan State, by beating Purdue, by beating Maryland and Iowa and Nebraska and Minnesota and putting up a better game against Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game if they get there, that's going to bode well for Jim Leonard. And this is Jim Leonard's job to lose. Chris McIntosh made the move when he did because he wants Jim Leonard to show if he can be their head coach or not. And I like Jim Leonard. He 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 uh he has that Wisconsin uh understands the Wisconsin tradition, but as we saw last Saturday against Northwestern, he's not afraid to open things up a little bit. He let his offensive coordinator Ingram run the show offensively and it looked good. The first several weeks of the year, even though it was Bobby Ingram calling the plays, Chris's fingerprints were all over the game plan. And I, it was, he was being, I think Ingram is being handcuffed and Ingram's auditioning for the offensive coordinator job for Wisconsin for next year, if not other places. So he's going to be motivated to continue to run this offense at a high level. And maybe I'm a little biased here because I was a big Jim Leonard fan and when he was in college, followed his career in the pros, but I think that he should have every opportunity to have this job. And he's going to get first crack at it. It's up to him. The remaining uh, weeks that are left in the pet in the Badger season, six games left, it's up to him to show if he can do the job or not. And I know Lance Leipold's name has popped up from Kansas as a possibility, which I would be okay with. Matt Rule just got let go by Carolina, and I'm kind of torn on Matt Rule. I, I think he's shown he can be a very good college coach. You look at what he did at Baylor, and that program was pretty much destroyed due to scandal, and he made them an 11-win team, and I think that's very impressive. He did that in a very short period before going on to the NFL. I believe it was Temple before going to Baylor. And he's shown that he can be a program builder. So I wouldn't hate it. He's not my top choice. Leonard is my top choice, followed by Leipold. But I would be okay with Matt Rule. I think he's going to go to Nebraska or Auburn. Uh, Auburn. I think those are going to be probably where he ends up going. Um, other names that have been throwing around, uh, 
Dan Mullins, for example, I don't really want him brought in. I think he's going to probably change things too quickly, as Gary Anderson tried to do when he first got to Wisconsin. He tried to change things way too soon, and it obviously didn't work out, and he's now out of coaching. But I think you give Jim Leonard the opportunity to win the job and build his staff on who he wants as a coaching staff. He's got NFL ties. He's got college ties. Uh, He has the enthusiasm. I think he has the knowledge and understanding of how to reach today's college athlete, where Paul Chris was kept too much into the old school philosophy and approach. I think Leonard is one that can definitely resonate with today's players. he understands hard work to get where you want to get to. So I know, I'm pretty positive he can instill that into these players and so forth. So that's my thoughts on the Badgers. Now, Packers. So losing the Giants 27-22 in a game where the Packers had the lead for a good chunk of that game. And then the Giants come storming back to get the victory. It was not a good game for Green Bay on any front except special teams. Crosby looked good on field goals. They they returned. The coverage teams looked good, um, stopping big returns and whatnot from the Giants. But offensively, after that first half, the offense looked stuck. The offense didn't. They they went away from what was working, which is running the ball, hence my my shirt here, Jones Dillon. Uh, That's how I think the Packers need to excel at moving the football is by getting Jones and Dillon involved in the uh in the offense more uh Emlyn, you're right 19 total touches between jones and dylan and dylan had six dylan had six total touches in the game against new york and london that's not enough and you're you were gashing them on the ground you were just you were gashing them on the ground the quick passing game get the ball into the perimeter to lazard to cobb to jones that was working you were moving the chains. You were moving the football. And second half, you went away from it. You let the Giants dictate what you're trying to do offensively. And ultimately, the Packers panicked. The, the offense panicked, and Rodgers tried to connect on three straight deep balls following a the, the tying touchdown to make it 20-20. to 20. The Packers go three and out, and Rodgers trying to go deep each time. And I understand you hit on one of those. You score the touchdown. You win the game. You, you you swing that momentum back to your favor. But at that point, you didn't need that. You, you, you didn't need to go for the deep ball there. You still could have ran your offense. You still could have gave the ball to Jones. You still could have gave the ball to Dylan, dr- drive the length of the field, and put the ball in the end zone. Now you go up seven. You put the pressure on the Giants. So, I like, I'm going to premise my next thought with, I like Matt LaFleur. I think he's a solid head coach. He's shown that he is a solid head football coach during his tenure in Green Bay. Um, He has won more games in his short tenure than any coach in Packer history. I, I like Matt LaFleur. However, the issue I have with Matt LaFleur is... His press conference. You could have you could have ran his press conference from week one against Minnesota during his conference about needing to include Jones and Dylan more, and it's his fault, and he needs to run the football better and more. 
you could have made you could have hit play following the game against the Giants and everything still would have been relevant. He 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 apologizes again. He comments again that he should have got Dylan and Jones more touches, involved more in the offense, and that's on him. He's got to be better. Well, Mr. LaFleur, it's it's well past talking about it, and it's ready to be about it. Put your put your money where your mouth is, which it hasn't been consistently yet, because three weeks, like like three, four weeks in a row, we've pretty much heard you say the exact same thing in your press conferences, talking about the play calling and not doing this or doing that and what's not working and adjustments and all that. You've basically said the same thing, what you need to do better, what you need to do differently every game this year, but yet nothing's changed. So, and again, I premise this with, I like Matt LaFleur. I think he, he, he was great for Rogers when Rogers looked like he was a struggling quarterback during the last couple of years of the McCarthy era. Rogers first year running the offense wasn't the best, but the last two have been great. And this year Rogers has been struggling again. And this year is very 2019 ish to me. They travel to California in 2019, play the Chargers, play the 49ers, and they get their asses kicked. They travel to London and they get their they get their ass kicked after jumping up to a, a big lead. They allow the Giants to come all the way back and win the game 27-22. And in reality, the Packers didn't score at all in the second half. Yes, I know they had two points, but that was either due to the punter running out of bounds or a hold in the end zone, one or the other, depending on what the officials caught. I forget off the top of my head, but they could have caught holding in the end zone too. The floor needs to be more about doing it rather than speaking about it. And he's wearing, he's wearing very thin on me by constantly talking about the same thing, every press conference and interesting article in the, the ringer today. You go to the Ringer. Uh, you go to the Ringer's website, and uh, Ben Sol- Solak had this article: Are the Packers' issues about scheme or talent? And the answer is yes. Offensively, the scheme is there. The scheme has shown it works, but they don't necessarily have the talent. So you need to rely more on Dylan and Jones. And Rogers' numbers are going to come. His numbers will come when you're relying more on Dylan and Jones because you're going to suck up the defense because they're going to be looking for ways to shut those two guys down and you can take some chances over the top. That, that's just my thought there. Um, I was quite unhappy that you have third and third and goal from the two, fourth and goal from the two, and you try to throw the ball in the end zone. One of those times you should have ran the ball. I get you're trying to run down the clock to leave the Giants with very little time to try to force overtime again. <clears throat> you get to the end of the red zone and then you try to throw it in and the ball hits somebody in the face mask and then gets batted down. So, yeah, neither Jones or Dylan had a carry for less than two yards in the game. Yeah, the Packers were controlling the line of scrimmage for the most part and Dylan and Jones are running downhill and making things happen. I think Elton Jenkins finally is looking like he's back. He he played a really good game uh, at right tackle against the Giants. Unfortunately, Rice Newman is the weak link of this offensive line. 
they definitely need to do better than <laughs> they definitely need to do better than Rice Newman at right guard. That guy is not good. So now I got to jump to the other side of the ball. I, I, I talked about offensively what's bothering me. Um, defensively, I got even more bothering me. I put this on Facebook and I put this on Twitter. With Joe Barry as defensive coordinator, the Packers will not win a damn thing. And I gave Joe Barry a chance last year. I get it. He coached, uh, he was defense coordinator for a very bad Detroit Lions team that had no talent at all anywhere. He coached a Washington, at the time, Redskins team that pretty much had no talent on defense, especially his second year there. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he worked under Wade Phillips. He's worked under some really good defensive coordinators since he he was let go by Detroit. He kind of rebuilt his image. I'm going to give him a chance. Let's see what he can do. Maybe he's learned a few things. Maybe with the talent Green Bay has on defense, maybe things will get better. And last year, maybe just the, the learning a new scheme affected the defense a little bit. Um you know, maybe that, that that affected a little bit, learning the new scheme. This year, year two under the scheme, a lot of talent on all three levels of the defense. Kenny Clark, um, you got Quay Walker and DeAndre Campbell, uh, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith. You have Jair Alexander, Rasul Douglas, Stokes. You have Adrian Amos. You, you have talent at every level of the defense. And... The Packers' defensive problems, to me, is not a talent issue. It's a coaching issue. And there's one comment I got to find. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it up on Twitter really quick. Tom Silverstein um, was talking to the cornerback, uh, the defensive backs coach for Green Bay, and he asked Gary how the cornerbacks can be aggressive playing so much off and zone coverage. And he said, as far as scheme questions, Joe Barry can address it when he talks tomorrow. He said his job is to get the defensive backs playing more aggressively when they're in zone. That makes me wonder if there's some disconnect. Um, makes me wonder if there's some disconnect between um, the coaches, the head, the uh, defensive coordinator, and um, the defensive coordinator and the uh, and his other coaches. It, it really makes me wonder if there is some um, disconnect there. Because he said you got to talk to Joe Barry about the scheme. There's a tweet. You have to talk to Joe Barry about the scheme. His job's a defensive the defensive backs, and that makes me wonder if there's some disconnect there. What, where is that disconnect? And the problem with the Packers is they play too much soft. They play too much soft zone. You got three guys that can play press coverage who can run with really any wide receiver in this league, but you're playing them eight to 12 yards off the receiver and you're opening up them up, getting free releases off the line and you're opening up the middle of the field on crossing routes. The Packers have, I believe it was a top five defense against the pass, but they're the worst in the league when it comes to defending the crossing route. Stop running so much soft coverage. 
play play press coverage on your outside with Douglas and Stokes and Alexander. Attack with your, you know, do stunts, do twists, do different things up front with Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith and Blitz Quay Walker. He's an athletic freak. Send him through the A-gap occasionally. You, you, you have a quarterback like Daniel Jones who is not very good, but you're giving him all day to read the field and make passes down the field because you're rushing four all the time and you're playing soft zone because you don't want to get beat deep. Well, in the first half, you went after Daniel Jones and he struggled to do anything. He got pressure on him. He had to rush his reads. He made some bad throws, overthrew guys, underthrew guys. You got it exactly out of him what you wanted to do in that first half. But then in the second half, you go soft coverage, especially on you know third and four or third and 18, you're playing super soft. And you're giving up the underneath stuff. And I get the defense is on the field a lot in the second half. You're right, Emlyn. You are completely correct. But run the defense that you ran in the first half. Attack Daniel Jones. You ran a defense like you're going up against a going up against a Josh Allen and a Stephon Diggs where you don't want to get beat deep. That's the defense you're running. Don't run that against Daniel Jones. He's not a good quarterback whatsoever and they're very vanilla again run twists run stunts start with gary outside and have him twist in the middle and rush up the middle put him in the defensive tackle and have him rush with his hand in the ground move guys around because what you're doing is you're giving offensive coordinators easy opportunity to pick you apart because you're playing so soft you are allowing the offense to dictate what you do. You're letting guys make the catch, and you're going to rush up and make that tackle, and you're not tackling very well. But you're going to let guys make the catch and try to make that tackle, and it's not working. It, it is not working. What you are, what they are doing isn't working. And it, and it, it is – it sucks because, again – the Packers defensively have the talent at all three levels. They got some pretty okay depth as well. Not great depth, but they're pretty okay with depth. But you're you're running a soft defense. And I'm tired of the Packers playing soft. The Giants were attacking you. The Giants were attacking the line of scrimmage. The Giants were getting their hands up, trying to knock things down, trying to keep you on your heels rather than allowing you to dictate. The Giants' defense is trying to force you, your hand on what to do. The Packers' defense is let the offense do what they want to do, and we'll see what we can do. Joe Barry's got to go. He's got to go. LaFleur can change things. He can tell Barry he needs to change. He needs to do better. But last year, we heard the same thing. The, the, the soft coverage was an issue last year. It took two weeks of LaFleur talking about it in press conferences for it to change. And now we're two weeks now of, of LaFleur talking about defensively 
they need to do better at the line of scrimmage. They need to put more guys in the box. They need to, you know, not play so soft. Are we going to be talking after the New York Jets game on Sunday, the same thing that we talked about last week and the week before that and against Minnesota, that the defense is playing too soft? Or are we going to do something about it? And the Jets aren't a bad team. They're not a great team, but not a bad team either. They're a well-coached team. They have a bad quarterback, but they're a well-coached team. And their defensive backs are opportunists, and they're going to get their hands on the football, try to intercept it. It's going to be tough for the Packers to throw the football. So it's a perfect opportunity for the Packers to build off the ground game to try to get the passing game going this week. Perfect opportunity for that. I think the Packers win the game. I think the Packers are going to come out with some their their hair on fire and show that show the Packer team that we we wish and hope they can be at least for one week. I think defensively you see a little bit more aggressive approach because at this point I don't think Joe Barry has a I don't think Joe Barry has a choice. I think he needs to either pick up the intensity, pick up the aggressiveness on defense, or he is going to have probably be having to find a new job. That That's my two cents there. But I think the Packers do win. And going to jump around the rest of the NFL, the rest of week six action. The Bears and Commanders play Thursday night football. I think Washington steals a victory there. Uh, Vikings and the Dolphins. The Vikings should win easily. Uh, Dolphins are going to be playing with their third-string quarterback. I think the Vikings run away with that one. They're going to win by double digits easy. Buccaneers and Steelers. I think the Buccaneers win this game pretty easily. Pittsburgh is just not a good team this year. Pittsburgh is a bad, bad team. Ravens and the Giants. I think the Ravens get that victory. Lamar Jackson is just too good. I think Jacksonville beats the Colts in Indianapolis. Just something about Indianapolis that I I just don't – I don't think very highly of Indianapolis, and I think Frank Wright is going to be the next head coach to lose his job this year. I think the Patriots beat the Browns this week. I think the Bengals beat the Saints. The 49ers roll easily over the Falcons. The Rams roll easily over the Panthers and Sam Sam Donald – I believe, probably will get the start. The Cardinals beat the Seahawks. The Bills beat the Chiefs. The Cowboys beat the Eagles. And the Chargers beat the Broncos. So that's my thoughts during the week. And just going to throw this out there for anyone listening or watching. Uh, Friday Night Lights is... uh, Friday Night Lights is... uh, you know, high school football in the state of Wisconsin is winding down. Uh, it's hard to believe that tomorrow was week nine, and then we go to the playoffs uh, for high school football. If you want to watch one of the uh, longest-running, continuing play uh, teams uh, playing each other, you can go to the Racine Raiders YouTube channel. Park Racine Park, Racine Horlick, been playing one another continuously since 1928. Um, 2000, they didn't have a game in the fall, but they played twice in the, in the spring that in 2021, uh, and then again in the fall of 2021 due to, uh, due to COVID, but you can go to the Raiders YouTube page and, uh, the game starts at 6:30 pregame, uh, 
game itself starts at seven. And it's going to be a fun game that Don Wadowitz and myself will be on the call. And we're going to have, hopefully not raining, not supposed to, but we're going to have a number of different camera angles and uh, a very fun production being done Friday night at Historic Horlick Athletic Field. So you can also find the Friday Night Lights at Historic Horlick Field on Facebook to get information as well. So with that, you can follow me on Twitter at Evan with Sports. You can email me, TalkingSportsWithEvan at gmail.com. Emily, thanks for watching and the comments. I appreciate it. And with that, hopefully next week I'm talking about a Packer victory over the Jets or I probably am going to be a little agitated next week's show. So with that said, have a good one, everybody.